0: let's
1: get started. So what is the best way to manage an acute injury? The evidence has greatly changed particularly over the last decade or so but rather than I guess being helpful it's probably added to I guess in some ways more confusion as to the best way to manage an injury when it first happens. There's rice price police and you might have seen the more recent sort of and love acute injury model but what really is the best way to manage an acute injury so the aim of this podcast is to help you make sense of the the evidence to to actually be able to put it into practice whether you're working pitch side with a with a team with a with a sport or you're dealing with acute injuries in in the clinic or department that you work just so you've got the information that it was going to help you better manage the acute injuries that you see day in and day out. So what is the evidence actually saying? So acute injury management has changed a lot and going back to the 1970s is when the first uh, rice protocol so rice being rest, ice, compression, elevation concept was first spoke about. Price was next so this model added the p to the front of right. so then we had protection rest ice compression and elevation so in terms of compress in terms of sorry protection this might be for example a sling for like a shoulder or an arm injury a boot for an ankle injury maybe you might put uh, a knee injury in a brace so i think obviously rest pretty self-explanatory ice compression uh, and elevation are all pretty pretty self-explanatory so the price model came in this obviously built on the earlier rice model and added in the p being protection next up was police so this standard stood for uh, protection optimal loading ice compression elevation so i guess the big difference here and it represented quite a big change in i guess acute injury management was this concept of loading so rather than it just all been about rest, this concept of optimal loading indicated, the, the guess, a new thought process, thinking that completely resting an injured area was, was not the best. You know, rest is not always best, and, and we know that. We know we need to load structures to help them uh, get better. So we know whether it's bone, whether it's a ligament, whether it's a tendon, whether it's a muscle, we know that these structures need load to actually help the the healing process and actually stimulate healing in the, in the first instance. So again, this was, I guess, quite a a big change, but obviously clearly a a logical and an evidence change. And then more recently, so a paper a couple of years ago in 2019 proposed a new model and a new acronym to actually optimize soft tissue injury management. And this was the, the peace and love model. So peace being protection, elevation, a for avoid anti-inflammatories, compress and educate. So that's peace. And then love being load, optimization, vascularization, and exercise. So this model has been generally well received, but is it actually still that the best way to manage acute injury? So what I'm gonna do now is take a bit of a closer look. And why I wanted to start really with uh with this is, is taking a look at ice so a big mission from the peace and love model is the use of ice so there has been some more recent evidence that suggested that ice is actually quite ineffective in acute injury management cases and then you know with that said should not be used with acute injuries but we still see it used all the time you know i certainly use it all the time and explain why why i use it but you, you might have, you know watching premier league football at the weekend watching premiership rugby watching you know domestic international sport and you see players get injured, they roll their ankle, they tear their hamstring, tear their calf, do something like that. They they've got a sore knee. They, you know, they come off the, the pitch a minute later on the bench, they sat there with a bag of ice strapped to their knee. So are these therapists wrong? Should they not be doing this? Why are they still persisting with ice? Well that's the that's the question. So I think the the thing the big thing with ice is that it mediates pain. So if you look at all the other I guess, concepts, think about elevation, think about compression, whilst they will help to a certain extent, they probably don't have the same effect in terms of pain mediation that, that ICE does, particularly in the in the very short term. So what ICE is going to do, it's going to cause vasoconstriction and it's going to aid in the, the control of inflammation. And we know that it is largely the inf- inflammatory response to an area that actually causes pain. So inflammation to an area that the area sore. Say we've just had a, a dead leg, that area sore, it's painful, it's going to send signals to the brain telling us that the body has um, an injury. So if we can in any way, I guess, limit this inflammatory response, then that's necessarily a, a, probably a good thing. And we know that if we can mediate pain and ice can do that, again, that's potentially going to be be a good thing too. So again, limiting excessive inflammation and reducing pain levels seemingly are, are quite important and particularly you know acutely that is surely a good thing you know I, I certainly think so what i would say is that you know it does have its limitations you know and i should not be used in isolation so i guess when we use it is tight is quite time sensitive so again you know beyond probably the the first you know 48 hours it's going to probably become you know quite redundant as a method in terms of actually having a any sort of meaningful sort of impact and again it's not to say you just use ice and you don't use the other modalities again if you use ice in combination with the other you know the other concepts like your compression elevation protecting the area using your crutches brace whatever that may be it it's potentially be a very uh, advantageous you know tool we see it's all the time don't we with look at some of the the products on the market now where that combines certain certain types of methods so ice and compression is a big one so you'll see in these these game readies and other units that you can use that that apply compression and a cooling effect to a an injured body part or limb and, and these again a you know really well received and really you know well used and again you know it's to just totally, I guess, take out ice and not use it. I, I I sort of, I get the evidence and I've seen the evidence and I've read the evidence that it might, might not be as effective as we maybe thought in the past, but I still generally think it has a, a big, big place. You know, it's really easy to use. It's effective short term. Think about pitch side. It's easy for you to have, you know, some ice in a in a cool box. Um, players, when they get injured, want to do something. They want to be proactive. They want to feel like they're, they're actually doing something to help them. You know, If it, whether that is, is just pain mediation and, and a cooling effect of their skin, so be it. You know, that they, they feel like it helps. And I think certainly that it's definitely not giving um, any sort of negative effects. The only real negative of ice is if you leave it on for too long and burn the skin, which again, if you, you know, very rare and, you know, you have to use it quite inappropriately for that to, to sort of happen. So, again, it, again, it's something that patients can use. Athletes can use themselves. So your pitch side, you've managed them, maybe used eyes pitch side, maybe after the game. But it's something they can repeat themselves over that, you know, that next sort of 48 hour sort of window. Another thing I wanted to touch on in regards to the sort of peace and love model is is a big um i guess all the emerging evidence and i guess the i guess the logical process of 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 the misuse of anti-inflammatory medications especially so in the first few days post injury so i think the biggest thing here to understand is that we actually never want to stop inflammation that is not the goal of you know icing an area or compressing an area or following peace and love or police or whatever model you you actually follow you know what we want to do is stop excessive inflammation occurring. So we want inflammation to happen because inflammation is the first step towards tissue healing, uh, and is there therefore something obviously really important to to any structure, whether it's a ligament, tendon, muscle, bone, to actually getting better. You know if we prevented inflammation completely, this would actually stop that muscle, tendon, bone, ligament actually healing at all. The idea of taking anti-inflammatory medication straight after an acute injury, therefore doesn't really make any sense. We actually want inflammation to happen. So why would we try and stop it completely? So those, you know, naproxen, ibuprofen, those types of medications, you know, they're actually going to stop the process of inflammation occurring. So that's clearly something that we don't want. Given that inflammation is that first step of of tissue healing, you know, these things. You know, I'm not saying you could catch them at all. You know, these types of medications, anti-inflammatory medications, can be effective with the management of many different types of injuries. They just need to be used at the right time, and that sort of first few days, that first 72 hours post injury, is not the you know the best time to use anti-inflammatory medication. One great advancement, and I think with the peace and love model, which is so different to to the other previous I guess acute injury models, is the focus not just on short term i guess tissue damage control if you want to call it that you know if you look at the peace and love model it it almost has two distinct stages so stage one peace, which is protect elevate avoid anti inflammatories compress, and educate. Is is almost a recipe of what to do in those first few days post injury. Stage two, which is the love, is about loading, it's about optimization, vascularization, and exercise, and these are almost the steps to follow after those first few days. So this clearly, you think about it, any type of injury, it makes sense. So with any injury, we need to progress, and we need to look after that injured area for a short period of time. But then we need to load it. We need to actually help our patient our athlete progress if we want to get them back to doing um, more active things and we know you know, i've said this many times before on podcasts and writing blogs and you know email newsletters that that rest is is not best so again this sort of process of progressions was not and is not included in the previous models of, of rice price and police and and regardless of what injury you're dealing with whether it's a lower back shoulder knee ankle it does not matter. So all rehab needs to be logical, follow you know step after step after step and needs to be progressive. So this is going to help your patient athlete, those that you're working with and actually help them get back to their chosen goal, their activities whatever that may be. That might be a professional footballer getting back to play in the Premier League. It might be Joe Bloggs who comes to see you in clinic or department that wants to get back to work as a as a joiner, as a as a roofer, you know, working in a in a factory. Whatever it may be, whatever their goals, we we obviously need to progress rehab and management of patients beyond just acute injury management, which clearly wasn't something that was addressed as as part of the previous acute injury model so i think the peace and love model plot brings these two key stages together and clearly that acute injury management is important to control inflammation and allow the injured tissues to to settle down and start that sort of healing process but we need progressive rehab to recondition the tissues to help them increase their their tolerance to load and actually prepare these injured tissues for a return to their previous level of function whatever that may be. So I think the peace and love model is a great model to follow. The one thing I would say is that I, I would still use ice in those early stages. Those first, you know, 48 hours particularly, maybe expanding to four to, to 72 hours. I just think it's really easy to use. Um, it's obviously, depending on the environment you're working in, it can be there pitch side. It's something that the, the patients, athletes you're working with can self-administer, and it's pretty safe to do. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, What do you use? How do you manage acute injuries that you see? Do you use ice or not? Has the Peace and Love model changed um, your application or use of ice, pitch side, or or the acute injuries that you see in the the clinic? So I would love to hear your thoughts. you know, touch base, you know, reach out to me on social media. I am at New Graf Physio on Instagram and Facebook. I'm Andy Barker on LinkedIn. You can email me directly, andy at com. I'd really love to hear your thoughts on acute injury management and, your, and the best way that you found to manage bumps, bangs, and bruises. So if you want to know a little bit more, I have a special module in my neurophysio membership that focuses solely on pitch side management. So if you deal with a lot of acute injuries, particularly you guys who who, who work or want to work in sports, it's going to be very, very helpful to you. It covers more detailed content on many of the concepts discussed in this podcast. Plus, I've got additional learning materials on things like emergency action planning uh, and also key webinars showing you how to stay safe and competent covering sports matches. So if you want to find out how to get access to content like this, head to com forward slash membership right now. So just to round up, as always, thanks for giving up your time to join me on the Grad Physio Podcast. I hope you found the, the content helpful today. As always, any questions, just please reach out to me. Want to learn more about this type of stuff? Then head to the membership page, newgradphysio.com forward slash membership.
0: Thanks for listening to the New Grad Physio Podcast. Before you head off, I just wanted to make sure you did not miss this. Alongside his podcast, Andy posts a weekly blog on his website, www.newgradphysio.com. You can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent PDF, the five breakthrough steps to confidently treat the shoulder right every time, avoid mistakes and stop you feeling less adequate than other new grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his New Grad Physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.